Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to When No One's Watching. How you doing, Matt Willis? I'm really good. You look good as well. You look fresh. Do I? I just had a shower. Got my hair slicked back for you, Matt. I'll tell you what, mate. You look probably the most handsome I've ever seen you look today. Oh, my God. God. You look lovely. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted today, Matt. It's exactly what I aimed for. It's in the mirror working out, going, right, come on. Hope Matt Richardson loves me. Hope he appreciates my look today. Just want to say thank you uh, for doing the intro by yourself last week. It was really interesting and creepy. Yeah? I found it very strange. Not as strange as what was happening to you, though. Please, No, I've I... been waiting probably <laughs> two weeks. When you first told me you weren't going to be able to do it because you were doing something, and I kind of got a sniff sniff of what it was i was like can't wait to fucking talk about this so come on hit me with it what was going on so i had a colonoscopy to go and check in my bowels right you know what it wasn't as bad because like you can be sedated so i took all the sedation obviously so i was very mellow having a lovely time talking absolute garbage to the three people with a camera up my ass however there are some weird bits one you have a screen where you watch your like i've never really watched anything i've done on television yet i've seen all of the inside of my own intestines wow so what happens when they like reach poo well here's the crucial thing they don't reach poo because you spend 24 hours not eating oh you have a 24 hour fast and also they give you laxative it was a weird experience you go into the hospital in the morning and they're like look you're gonna wait around for ages i checked in at the reception you know kind of they filled out the form look i never get recognized ever however i gave my form back to the guy at reception went and sat down in a reception area that was quite big with maybe 10 other people in and the guy looked at my form and then shouted across the reception yo you're that comedian Matt Richardson, aren't you? Oh, my God. And I was like, I mean, yes, I am. But, like, why don't you just read the rest of the form out, mate? Yeah. Come on, you've started. You might as well finish. It was mortifying. And then it had to go and kind of have a camera up your bum. But then because I'd been sedated, the rest of the day was just a bit of a write-off. Right. Which is why I couldn't do it. I was very, very mellow, should we say. I mean, I, I wish you had done it. That would have been a really interesting intro. It would have been interesting. But like, you know, you see all these videos online of people who've taken sedation and talk absolute garbage. And I said to Sam, I was like, I didn't feel like that at all. And she was like, oh, mate, trust me, you were talking absolute garbage. (laughs) So, you know, I think my perception of the world was not how I was actually living it. Right. So I'm glad I didn't do it. But thank you for stepping in. I appreciate it. Um, No, I thought of you lots that day. I was like, I wonder what's going on. Or going in. You know what? It's not painful or anything, because obviously they kind of give you some painkillers just to sort of make sure it isn't. However, there is a bit where they have to turn the camera around, and that's an unusual feeling. 
explain more. So they kind of like reverse the camera so it can look back on the other side of your bum hole. <laughs> so you can see the light. Pretty much. Hello. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. And the only thing in the end, there was nothing, no no problems. The only thing they found, a couple of wedding rings. But apart from that, it was uh, <laughs> it was all clear. So yeah, and you know what? I'm glad we've done this conversation just before we have probably the most wholesome guest we've ever had on. Yeah, she definitely was. So this week, our guest is Giovanna Fletcher. Amazing. Yeah, and she is possibly the nicest, most perfect person I've ever met. Before we introduce Giovanna, if you are listening not on the Patreon, thank you very much for listening. But on our Patreon, we do listener confessions with our celebrity every single week. We do a couple of confessions that people like you have sent in and we decide if they're good, bad or bad, bad. We're going to give you a little taste of that gratis right now. So, Matt, I have a listener confession here from someone out in the ether. Oh, okay, great. And we're going to have a little talk about it. Right, okay, okay. Hit me. Here is a confession. When my boyfriend upsets me and we're on holiday, I put a different factor sun cream on him so he doesn't get a tan. Oh, that is so absolutely brilliant. I thought you were going to say like she rubs like some kind of oil in him instead. Which would be terrible, wouldn't it? If yeah, like, yeah. When my boyfriend annoys me, I give him the risk of skin cancer. But yeah. actually, it's the opposite thing. She's giving him more sun protection so he doesn't tan and I guess gets annoyed. That You know what it's like when you've been on holiday and you're like, I've sat out in it all day. How come I've got no colour? Yeah. And he's doing that all the time. And she's thinking, yeah, it's because I did it. And you were annoying earlier. I slather you in factor 100. Pretty much. Yeah, that's the confession. Yeah. That's stuff that cricketers wear on their nose, just all over you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't the whitest sport of all time, yeah. to make their faces <laughs> <Exactly>. whiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love things like this. Me too. Because it's so petty that it's fucking brilliant. Like, it's the kind of thing that I wish I did. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think of. It's sort of petty, but also harmless at the same time. Like, yeah. no one's getting hurt. It's just like a mildly infuriating thing that this person enjoys doing. Yeah. And I think I'm all for it. And actually, thank you to her for protecting her boyfriend's skin a bit more. Yeah. You shouldn't be lying out in the sun like that. I think this is great bag. Oh. I really like doing things like this. I remember seeing someone once on holiday in Magaluf and someone wrote a swear word beginning with C on their friend's chest in suntan cream. So really? he got like red and the C word across his chest. Oh my God. And I thought that was absolutely genius. Do you ever try and get revenge if Emma does something to annoy you? Have you ever like tried to do something to get a little bit of revenge on her? Not really. She went through a really weird stage of jumping out on me. Did she? <laughs> the thing is, when your wife is Emma Willis, are you like, is this for Saturday Night Takeaway or something? Well, exactly. Like, this yeah, has yeah. to be for a reason. Oh, well, like years ago, we were in Australia. I took her to, like we went to Australia like when we were, like a couple of years into our relationship and we were there for New Year's and we're staying in this hotel and it's like the day after New Year's Day both felt rubbish and like she went down to the pool and I was going to join her there I was just fanning around in the room kind of taking my time and kind of you know not really doing much but not hurrying down yeah I pulled my pants down to put my shorts on I stepped into my shorts was completely naked and I just got I'm still here like that (laughs) from nowhere and I Fucking shit myself. Like, I was so terrified. I jumped down my skin and she was in the cupboard, in the wardrobe, there laughing her head off and saying that she'd been in there giggling for about half an hour, thinking when was the perfect time to come out. And then she saw me naked, she was like, I'm just gonna freak him out. I was like, that is genius. So um, no, I don't I I should have got revenge for that, but um 
but no, I don't. So you think this is good, bad. I also think this is good, bad. This is the kind of thing that, like, I wish I'd come up with something this harmless and this good because I'd do things like this all the time as well. Yeah. I hate pranks, but I like things like this where no one gets hurt. Yeah. Look, if you enjoy listening to confessions from listeners, our celebrity each week helps us go through your listener confessions and they decide if it's good, bad or bad, bad. So send them in and do join the Patreon. Also on there, on our top tier, you get a whole extra spin-off podcast, which is just me and Matt Willis, producerless, chatting absolute balls about famous people and historical figures, confessions, who we can't book for the podcast because they're dead or too famous. Yeah. Please head over to patreon.com forward slash WNOW. This week on the podcast, we have Giovanna Fletcher. She's a very, very well-known author. She's an actress. She's been in a few movies. She was at the Donmar Warehouse. Very respected actress. She is um, obviously very recently known as the winner of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Um, Did you watch that, Matt? Uh, Yeah, I did. I love I'm a Celeb. And I was the only person on the podcast who has yet to win I'm a Celebrity. (laughs) Yet to. You've got to think big, Matt. Exactly. You really do. You really do. And you may also know Giovanna from her very, very successful podcast, Happy Mum, Happy Baby, which I've listened to quite a few times and it's absolutely wicked. Yeah, look, as a man that is neither a mum nor baby, I thought there'd be nothing in it for me, but actually it's really good. I really like it. Let's put it into perspective. We were stoked to have Giovanna Fletcher on our podcast. Giovanna Fletcher has had Kate Middleton on her podcast. Yeah, and she's sort of the Kate Middleton of our podcast, really, isn't she? She is, she is. Enjoy Giovanna. This is When No One's Watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad... Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. You might be asking why they tell us these things. And it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year. And I'm Matt Willis from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to When No One's Watching. How are you, Matt Richardson? You know what, actually, Matt? I'm beyond excited today. I'm a little bit starstruck because very often with our guests, you know, one of us knows them. It's quite common. I've never met this guest before, but I've watched them religiously on I'm a Celebrity and was a big fan. I wish I'd done what you told me and put a lot of money on her winning before she went in because I could have paid off my tax bill this year. Yep. So I told you. I'm just excited. I'm very excited. I told you. I mean, I've known this guest since, um, well, shall we just say who it is? <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Okay, it's Giovanna Fletcher. Hi, Giovanna. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just say, about six months ago, I realised that I've said her name was Giovanna for probably 20 years. Is that right? We've known each other for 22 years. <gasps> wow. Yeah. 22 years. Yeah. And I've said her name wrong. Wow. For 22 years, I've said her name wrong the, the entire time. And you've never corrected him. Well, no, but everyone says my name wrong. Oh, okay. so everyone says... Giovanna, which is fine, and it's become that thing. Whenever I do TV, it becomes Giovanna. But Matt has since realised Mart over there, old Mart, as I like to call him. Yeah, Mart has realised the error of his ways. He doesn't even know my name, and it's the same as his. Yeah. I just think a lot of people say Giovanna, and I have seen the panic in people's eyes when they see it written down and they don't know how to say it, or when they've been told it and they just don't know. So I will answer to anything, oh, which is fun. why G is, you know. Yeah. I mean, actually, I worked in a florist when I was 13, and before my first day, they asked me to write down my name, and they were like, oh, oh, okay, okay, we'll practice. And I'll be like, well, my friends call me G, so you can call me G. And like, oh, no, we couldn't call you G. Can we call you Joe? It's <laughs> <So>, okay. <laughs> I feel a bit uncomfortable about this name. That'll do. Oh, that's so English, isn't it? Yeah, for three years, I was just known as Joe. 
<laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe you've known each other 22 years. So when did you first meet? I first met G in assembly mm-hmm. at Sylvia Young Theatre School in my first year. You were at school together? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, yes, I've known her since school. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And it was a really small school as well. Yeah. So there were only three fit boys there. Matt was the one boy in his year. Yes. And there was another boy in the year 10 and then Tom in my year. Oh, You know, two of them are still in my life, so I'm winning, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you remember who the other one was? Oh, yeah, but we don't talk. We don't talk oh, about fine. him. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> no, don't no, talk no. about I'm him. I'm just fascinated about your friendship. Like, let's suck off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do it. I wheedle my way into this? That's basically like, it's kind of like cool friendship going on. Yeah. But yeah, let's crack on. So this is all about kind of confessing your sins, confessing the stuff you get up to when no one's watching. Mm. We've all got little things we do. And the more I've done this podcast, the more of them I realise that I have. How do you feel, first of all, about confessing things? Well, I spent literally the last few days going, what is my guilty pleasure? What do I do that other people might feel is a little bit strange? Is it strange? Like, what? I must be a little bit interesting. What What do I do? <laughs> and uh, so it's one of those things where you realise you're not actually thinking about the answer. You're just literally asking yourself the question again and again and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. yeah. I do think that once you come up with one thing you're like oh yeah and then there's that and then there's that and then there's yeah, that yeah 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 so you do start unraveling and, and realize that you do quite a few things actually when no one's watching <laughs> yeah i mean I, I found out that emma when i was talking to her when we were first doing this podcast and i was like i don't know if i have any she was like are you joking <laughs> she goes i could reel off 50 and i was like what <laughs> right okay should we kick off can we have your first confession please well i have to say uh, that i like to clean before the cleaner arrives. <laughs> so me and Tom have been living together for 15 years now. And for the first six years, I loved getting everything done, doing everything. And then when I started writing from home, I realised that that would quickly spin off into me doing everything that I wasn't meant to be doing in terms of writing and just getting all that done. So we had a, decided a cleaner then. But the idea of someone coming into a house and seeing it in a not clean state, and me and Tom always argue, argue as well over what is tidy and what is clean. Yes. Because I always say, no, no, I'm tidying away because unless things are tidied away she can't get to the stuff that needs to be cleaned right so you have to do a certain amount because Tom's always like what are you doing I'm like I'm cleaning obviously I'm tidying so yeah I do I have a problem with feeling like someone's going to maybe think that we're a bit slobbish but I mean my standards have lowered slightly since having kids <laughs> I've got to say. so I totally get this we have had the same cleaner for years mm. so say for example we'd have had like people over or something we've left it for a few drinks and you don't want to put it away and you're feeling a bit rough the next day We've been known to cancel her because we can't face the judgment of her seeing our house (laughs) when we've had like a bit of a do. I totally do this because also like I think there is a level with this where you go, she she doesn't have to see my pants, does she? Like she's here to clean. She's not here to be sort of insulted. So are your pants that insulting, Matt? Oh, yeah. They're the special ones. You used to sell them on tour, the busted merch ones. (laughs) That's what I wear most days. (laughs) I've got to say, though, with underwear a few years ago when um, I think the second baby arrived and it was just a bit chaotic we decided to start asking her to do the washing while she was here as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I would put the underwear in the separate thing and Amazing. wash the underwear before she came. <laughs> <laughs> but surely that's weirder because she's just going, God, these people don't wear any underwear. <laughs> Maybe. What a strange couple. <laughs> what a commando family. And also, I love the fact that if she ever listens to this, she's like, they did what? Uh, you know, <laughs> it just felt better for me. Again, things I've had to let go of to be honest yeah i totally agree yeah i've had different levels of this Mm. right because there's pre-emma matt (laughs) and there's emma relationship matt 
And then there's Emma, married Matt. Mm. Okay. Which are three completely different human beings. All right. So pre-Emma Matt, didn't have a cleaner. And I lived in this flat and it looked like a squat. It was absolutely horrendous. Oh, gross. It was so horrible. Like, I never changed my bed sheets once. I don't ever remember changing them. It was horrible. Like, I can't actually believe that we had parties and things Ugh. there, that people would actually come back to this place. Did you ever go there, G? No. I don't think you did. And also, it was in the most plush area. Like, you walked down the street, it was like being in fucking Mary Poppins. <laughs> it looked incredible. You walked up this grand staircase into my absolute shithole of a flat. Who else lived there? Uh, well, no one for a while. Then my friend Rob moved in, who was the singer of a punk band. Yeah. And he moved in and kind of got it a little bit tidier, but still my area was horrendous. I love that you were so bad. Someone who was a punk had to come in and make it better. <laughs> and made it a bit better, a bit more livable for me. Just even the yeah. punk was going, it's a bit too disorganised for me, mate, and I'm like into anarchy. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and so there was that. And then when I met Emma, we moved to North London and she would come over quite a lot. And then my management came round my house, right? Busted's manager came round and was like, Matt, you need some fucking help. I was like, what? He goes, this place is disgusting. <laughs> and he came oh around and he was, like, he was like, look, I'm going to get you the cleaner that we use for McFly and we'll get them to come around. And so suddenly this woman arrived at my house who made everything beautiful and tidy and clean and washed my sheets and even made me a meal. Really? Like I had a meal made. I had a fucking dinner, which I'd eat for a few nights, like made in like pots on my... thing. It was incredible. A mum, basically. They got you a mum. They got me a mum. Was it Dorota? Yes. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was absolutely incredible. Absolutely. She changed my life. I love that you all have the same cleaners and everything. She was, honest, honestly, absolutely changed my life. She was remarkable. But then for some reason, she quit. So oh. I think it's because at that time, there was a lot of partying going on. So she'd come round and it would just be an absolute mess. And yeah. I think she was just she just had enough. She was sick of it. And then Emma moved in. And then once Emma's moved in, it became very regimented. And now I am arguably maybe a little bit worse than Emma. No. Just putting that out there. Emma is very neat and tidy, but I have given myself certain jobs. Like the kitchen is now my area. Okay. The bins are my job, obviously. Yeah. But because of that, if it's not okay, I feel like I've not fulfilled my my quota. So I will now really go to town on the kitchen area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the night before the cleaner comes, I ain't doing shit. Really? Really? I ain't doing nothing. I'm not wiping down the fucking worktops. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, no way. You animal. See, yeah. my girlfriend Sam's the same. She'll be like, well, Anita's coming tomorrow, so she can... And I'm like, no. We want her to think we barely live here the rest of the time. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Because also, I think there's this weird kind of middle-class guilt about it, isn't there? You've got someone coming around to do a job that, you know, you've kind of outsourced this one job, so you're like, oh, I'm trying to make it as good as easy as possible for you, and I'm so sorry that I exist. And that I make mess because I feel so guilty that I've, I'm doing this. It's how I feel about it anyway. Yeah. Well, I can't be the only person who's actually text their cleaner to say sorry about the mess. Oh, so many times. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we started to do is during the lockdown when we were deciding sort of we were going, right, we'll sort rooms. What we started to do is we're like slowly sorting out the flat, you know, as we went. And we'd just go, um, hi, Anita. Um, thanks for coming. Just the kitchen today. Don't worry about anything else. And we'd pay her for the whole time. But she'd spend 30 minutes doing the kitchen. 
and then would leave because we were too embarrassed to let her see the other room. <laughs> she must think we're the easiest job ever because we're just like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll do, we'll do that. We'll do that. Don't worry. And she tries to do more. Mm. She's like, oh, I'll do that for you. I'll change your bedding. And, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't have you do any more. This is already stressful enough, like having you have to see how untidy we are. So, yeah, I totally get this. Like, I'm exactly the same. Mm. Have you ever found that with this you cleaning for the cleaner, have you ever felt you've done it too much and you've then had to sort of like go back a bit and sort of put things out? She's <laughs> going to feel like I'm, I don't think she's good at her job. Start throwing cornflakes around the house just so she feels welcome. Yeah, yeah just a little bit like, oh, I want her to think we're normal. <laughs> no, because I think I can take it to a certain level, but she's far better. Yes. There is that thing of in the morning, if I feel like the house really needs a hoover. Yeah. But Lou is coming in a few hours and I've got to be a bit like, step away. Step back. You've got to pull yourself away from it. Yeah. May, or maybe just get the dustpan and brush out instead, not, you know, a deep hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair know. enough. Yeah. What I did is I bought myself, so I don't do a whole hoover. I bought a, like a handheld hoover, you know, the little chargeable ones. Yeah. So now before she's coming, I just do a quick handheld round. Nice. So then, then she can do the main hoover, just a little hoover support act and then she can get on with it. Yeah. I'm quite good at hoovering the kitchen area. <laughs> Your part, your room, yeah. Your area, there we go. <laughs> that is my area. But also because I'm terrified of what happens if Emma gets bits on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My feet. 
Why? What happens if Emma gets bits on her feet? I mean, step away. I mean, she's lovely. I love her to death. She's an incredible person. <laughs> but, but she, um, like but she scares the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Get her some slippers. But, yeah. Get her some slippers. Uh, but also, that's my area. So she's getting bits on her feet and from you get my sloppy work. <laughs> so that's what I'm scared of. Does she run a tight ship? She runs a tight ship. I mean, because obviously you've got three children as well. Yeah. Is it hard to keep it to a standard that you're happy for your cleaner to see when there are children running around everywhere? Or are they quite tidy? Have you instilled in them that when the cleaner's coming, we don't do any of this playtime? The two-year-old literally picks up a bag of toys and tips it out. Oh, amazing. That's him finished playing with the cars. Now he's onto the train. We all do the same thing. So, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, three weeks in a castle was actually, like, no matter how many creepy crawlies there were, it was bliss compared to that, I imagine. <laughs> well, no, because we had a problem with rats. So we had to be on top of it because there was a rat situation. Oh, right. right. Okay, fair enough. So we had to be on top of it where we couldn't leave anything out. So you actually, you were really tidy and everyone had their own jobs that, you know, they did to varying Who degrees. was the worst? Um, <laughs> who was the worst? I would say that Shane would openly say that he wasn't really into cleaning. Like, fair wasn't yeah. really that bothered. I would, he wasn't I would something that he... Was the worst. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. Um, but that's fine. Like, you know, and then you've got other people where that's... Not their passion, but they really love something clean, you know. Yeah. Well, AJ would have been very clean and tidy. Yes. Yeah, he was a guest with us. He was very, very insistent that he was absolutely immaculate, but you can sort of tell that about him, I think. He's very particular. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less from AJ. Yeah, exactly. His lap looked amazing. Honestly, so the tins that we had, the mess tins to eat in, they'd obviously been decorated in some way to look a bit more rustic. Yeah. Right? Because it's a set. And they don't want everything looking brand new. We came back from a Castle Coin Challenge one day. They were like so shiny. You could see a face in it. I'm sure that whoever works on props is like, no, 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 all my hard work. Because AJ had just been there scrubbing That's really um, the whole afternoon for hours. Yeah, fair enough. So how do you feel about this, Matt? Um, cleaning the house for the cleaner. I like it. If I'm honest, I, I do like it because I've been that guy where I felt completely and utterly ashamed of myself and my living area yeah. and not like that feeling. Do you also think it's a little bit respectful? I think it is respectful. I think it is respectful. But also, I know your house. I know where you live and you're really fucking tidy people. <laughs> I can understand why you would do this. Yeah, I think this is good, bad. I think it's nice. Your cleaner must like going to your house. I love this because also, like, I don't want the cleaner to see the person I really am. <laughs> With any of our jobs, you, there's a sort of public front, isn't there? And I feel like you've got to keep it up because the last thing you'd want is your cleaner going to other, other cleaners being like, I do the Fletchers and they are absolute pigs. They've got to gossip. Oh, no, see, the thing is, I really... Love our cleaner. She's been with us for seven years. She is literally like one of the family, yeah. her family and our family. But not one of the family enough for you to not clean up before she gets there. No, because <laughs> I guess it's a little bit like my mum coming over. Like I wanted yes, to. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you, Matt. I think this is good, bad. A hundred percent. Thanks, guys. I like it. Yeah, me too. Gee, can we have your next confession, please? Okay. I love visiting offices. I think it's a novelty thing because I work on my own at home the majority of the time. Like, I see my walls. Yeah. So seeing where people work is a really intriguing thing to me. You know, we see it in films and stuff, and it always likes, looks like a really cool place to be. The idea of there being a stationary cupboard is always really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> but one time, I had just finished to play in London and got a couple of agents asking, well, basically sort of pitching for me. And I went to see one, and it felt like, you know, the grandparents in China Chocolate Factory? Yes. It felt like the office version of that. 
like there were five people around oh. this gigantic desk. No, in a good way. Like this gigantic desk. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you meant like it was like in a hovel. No, five people around it. Quite a small space, but they were all together and it just felt like a really lovely family vibe. And then the other agent that was kind of pitching for me was in a really flashy agency and I'd never seen his desk. And I can remember just really wanting to say, can I just see your office? <laughs> can I just see where you work? Because <laughs> in my head, it would kind of, I knew what this other group would be like in terms of how they would work and how things would look. Whereas with him, I didn't. So yeah, I think I've always had a thing about offices and I didn't go with the Willy Wonka style agent. I did go with the big flashy one who I'm no longer with. <laughs> but yeah, I think it has always been that thing that fascinates me because in books and films, so much happens there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess it's it's one of those where, I mean, I would hazard a guess that none of us have really ever had a proper office job. I once was a temp. Okay, fine. Yeah, I've done work experience at Heat Magazine. Yeah. Been a runner at a production company that's office-based, but nothing... Nothing like you go to the same office every day for years. No. Well, I did the radio for a few years every day, and my favourite thing was going into an office every day. That was my favourite thing about it. And everyone <laughs> had a desk. I had a work email and a work login. <laughs> and to begin with, you know, I started doing comedy at 18, and it's the only proper job I've ever really had so I was like oh my god this is so novel I'd go in early and do all my emails and it was great and also there was the office politics certain people were in at certain times and like the cliques it was just a fascinating kind of environment that it had its own little existence and its own rules and laws and it was great for me because loads of comedians are like god oh, you know what it's like when you work in an office and I could never do those jokes whereas now oh I've got loads of them <laughs> for me it was really lovely and exciting because like you I would sit at home all day then sit in a car by myself do a show and then come home so mm. all of a sudden there's people around and you know oh don't put that in the microwave oh everyone gets annoyed and I loved it yeah. it was like being a part of something it's so true I find it absolutely yeah. fascinating yeah I think many people listening to this we've really romanticised it have you ever been to like one of those really ultra new modern offices like Facebook or Google or Twitter or anything. I went to Twitter once and that was pretty it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Really? I found it fucking incredible. Like some of them have got standing desks. Some of them were walking whilst at their desk. They had like a little treadmill yeah. and they were stood there doing this whilst walking on a treadmill on a standing desk. I was like, this is amazing. And then they had a coffee shop on their floor that served you like whichever coffee you wanted and good ones. Yeah. And then like a snack bar. It was all free. You know, it was all incredible. See, this is what I mean. I want to work in an office. Why am I not working in an office? I, know. I want the snack bar. I went there. I was like, <laughs> I want to work here. I want to work here. This is not how most offices are. I know, but I wanted to work there. <laughs> yeah, well, like the Google one in King's Cross, they have like a swimming pool on the roof. Like it's because they don't want you to leave the building because they want you to always be at work. But most offices are probably like slightly rubbish. I mean, so yeah, I did make a show once that we filmed it in an office for a week. In it was in an office of a car parts sales company in Stoke on Trent. Yeah, and that was an office. I was like, man, maybe this isn't quite so glamorous. <laughs> so I think it would depend on the office, really. Yeah, the only office I ever worked in, I, I did a temp job. It was for an insurance firm, and I turned up to a table that was longer than any table I'd ever seen in my life, and on it was like hundreds of piles of paper, and I had to pick one from each pile, staple them together, fold them, and put them in an envelope. That was my job for three and a half oh weeks. My. Wow. I mean, that wow. made me never want to work in an office again. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so that office, don't want to work at. YouTube, sign me up. I mean, that just sounds amazing. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Would you never work in a context with um, books and things where you would just go into an agent's office or something to go and write there every day so you could be around it? <laughs> 
see, I guess we don't live anywhere near an office like that. I like, I, I'm dreaming of office type spaces that aren't in our house right now with three kids when I've got to write a book. But yeah, <laughs> I do like the idea of kind of being able to sit at a desk and seeing people, life going on around me. And also, I think, I mean, this might not be the same for you, but for me, going somewhere to do work, I mm. get better work done if I physically have to leave my house and commute, even if it's only 10 minutes away. Absolutely. Just that yeah. process of going, I'm leaving home and going to do work. It's really useful. Like, I think a lot of people who would have hated their offices after this year are probably like you and are really <laughs> desperate for an office. <laughs> but there is a thing, like we do over-romanticise them, I think, because in films, like if you think about... Bridget Jones, great office, lots of great drama happens there. Amazing office. You know, yeah. even like really mundane shows like The Office, great things going on there. You know, yeah. you just... A hundred percent. There is a thing where they are, they're a hub of life. And we don't get that, guys. No. no, it is. But often I imagine there'd be plenty of people who go, "It's that's really, like, please don't come because they are not like that at all. <laughs> but we, just, we just have no idea. You know when people, when people, I've got friends who watch shows and they're like, oh God, I can't believe that, you know, working in television's like that. I'm like, it isn't like that. That show lies. And like, the people will be listening to this going, guys, offices aren't like that. You have no idea. You're not in the group <laughs> that know. Like, we're sort of like looking at it and being like, oh my God, it's amazing. I just think for me, it's the politics and things and the people mm. because I think that's always fascinating with an office there's this weird ecosystem of hierarchy and everything that oh my god I love that I love anything like that where people sort of have to fall in line and fall out with people I think a good reality show when we get back would just be like a Love Island style show but just everyone works together <laughs> and just yeah. see what happens you know like not CC and Debbie in on the email about the copier so she gets in trouble little things like that <laughs> I think would be really great I mean I mean do you ever romanticize this Matt no, but I do like routine. Okay. This is why I love working in theatre more than any job, really. Yeah. Because I love doing the same thing every day. I love turning up at the same time, doing the same thing over and over again, making it a little bit better every time, or sometimes that doesn't happen. But, you know, like, I love that. I love routine. I love knowing what I'm doing every day. So working in office appeals to me in that way. I'm just not very good at anything other than what I do. I'd have a really shit job. So that doesn't appeal. You don't know that. Like maybe your true calling is HR. <laughs> and you just don't know. You're just amazing at conflict resolution or something. Okay, okay, one second. First of all, this is exactly my point. I don't know what HR means. Human resources, mate. What the fuck does that mean? Well, you know, yeah, it's a good question. But um, <laughs> They just make sure everyone's happy, don't they? That's their job is to make sure everyone's happy and comfortable and no one's doing anything oh, they shouldn't. I'll, I'll be all right at that. I'll have a go at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if there's any problems in the office, you know, you sort of resolve them. If anyone's got any complaints, they deal with payroll, yeah. things like that. I think you'd be fine at that, Matt. You're quite a, you're quite a calm guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> HR, I'm looking for a job. Yeah, I really like this. Once again, like the same with the cleaning, like I feel like a real affinity to this because I have had a period working in an office and it was my favourite thing ever and yeah. I really like going in and it was novel and exciting mm. and it gave me this kind of comfort and an insight into a world that I'd sort of never known really so I think this is good bad because I felt exactly the same before. I feel like this is good bad as well because when I think back to offices that I know of like for instance record companies I go there and I go this is so cool look at all the stuff you're doing yeah. every day even though you're sitting there at a computer probably doing something that you might find boring for me I was like that looks really fun and really cool mm. and really awesome so yeah I'm into it too I do like looking at an office good bad good G, can we have your next confession, please? So one thing that I like to do is I like to replay conversations in my head. And I like to say the things I wish I said 
at the end of it. So you come away from it and you've remained level-headed and everything. And then afterwards, while I'm doing the washing up or something, I'll replay it and say whatever maybe I shouldn't have said, but wish I'd said, but shouldn't have said, because then it would have escalated. Which I think I do with quite a lot. So sometimes it's a happy chat. But more often than not, it's things that I've said in a in a chat to a piece of situation. And actually, I'm there saying, you know, just F off, basically. Get me? Oh, my good God. So the French have a phrase for this of what this is called when you have an argument and then you think of the things you mm. wanted to say and think about them. I don't know what it is in French, but it's the wit of the staircase mm. is what it translates to. Really? I mean, I do it all the time. What I do is I do it, don't say the things, and then go off, write them into a routine and then <laughs> pretend I said them to everyone else anyway. <laughs> it's a really cathartic way to deal with it is um, telling a bunch of strangers that actually this is what I did and aren't I big and clever. Um, so... Yeah, I, you know, I think fair enough for, so far for me. I have fucking hundreds of these. Do you? This G is a problem for me. Like Emma will sometimes walk in on me. And luckily, because I am an unemployed actor, oh, no. I have the excuse that I'm learning lines. But sometimes I'm looking at myself in the mirror, arguing with an imaginary person who I once should have said something to. And usually the st- you should have said something to is just, just fuck off. That's e- all you is that, need. That's all just, I needed to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or said something differently or been a bit stronger or done something else. And also I will relive them. Yeah. And also for me, auditions. Mm. Like the things I say in auditions sometimes will haunt me for fucking years. Because like, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. And I've done the scene or the thing. They'll chat to me. Normally before, they'll say, hey, what have you been up to? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And there's stuff that fucking comes out of my mouth. I can't explain it. I just get so excited. Yeah, why why am I saying this? You know, and I'll say something. I'm like, that's the most inappropriate thing I've ever said in my life. And I've just said it right now. I'm trying to get the job from you. Is there anything in particular that you've had to do this with, G? Oh, I think I try and um, remain quite calm in a lot of situations that I would bite my tongue for. Because it's stuff that you know that you would never say. You know that you would never say out loud because you're a nice person. You're a good person. So instead, when you get home, you'll pretend that you're in some sort of scene from Shameless or whatever it is, and you act out a different version of it (laughs) in which you tell them to go fuck themselves and you feel much better for it. It's quite satisfying to do as well, isn't it? It sort of ends the problem for you, I find. Like, if you go, well, when you sort of by yourself and then then you put it to bed, it's a a nice way to finally get over it. Yeah. I have had it before, though, where I've been in situations and I've walked away from something and I've replied back to someone going, just so you know, like I was trying to not be a dick, but I could have said this and have then said it later on. I can confirm it never works out in a satisfying way. I can imagine. You always look like more of a petty loser. Or for instance, so if something has happened, right, and then I'm going to be going into a situation with that person or persons again, I will pre-plan what I'm going to say should the event happen the way I want it to. And I will have a speech prepared and I will have everything I'm going to say. Bang, bang, bang. I'll walk in there and the opportunity doesn't arise, then I walk out and I'll go, no, I, had, I should have done it again and I've done it again and I shouldn't do it. Yeah, just a way to haunt myself a bit more. But we all know that we have to act in a certain way in life to get through. Yeah, but do we? Do we? Yes, because the reason why we have those chats is probably because the other person on the other side is a dickhead. 
And yeah. you don't want to be the dickhead. So you can't match dickhead with dickhead. No. So you've got to be the sound person. Let them do yeah, that. Fair enough. Then come away. You can pretend that you are that person, but you still look good because you've not been that person in public. Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when you meet those people and they go, the thing is, I just say what I'm thinking. And you're like, well, it's because you're an asshole. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. that's all that is. Like, we, we all think the thing. We just go and say it to our partner later mm. and go, well, I said blah, blah to them. I'm just being truthful. I'm just speaking my truth. I rewrite history. Say if one of these situations has happened, I've had to bite my tongue and then I'm going to go meet a friend for dinner or something. I will regale the story with me saying the thing that I wish I'd said. No, you don't. I think people call it compulsive lying, but I think it just makes for a more interesting narrative. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, Matt. Thank you very much. So I do then like have that bit. And then I said, derba, derba, derba. And they're like, you did not. And in my head, I'm going, no, I didn't. <laughs> Which is probably a step too far, isn't it? Of then pretending something totally different happened. Do you know what, though? I also think we are three creative people who rely on sort of conversations as part of what we do mm. yes so it's actually really important as well maybe in terms of creativity to kind of see how different conversations pan out and have a play absolutely. with absolutely so maybe it's that it's our creative juices just running wild and free <laughs> that, i think that's what it is i love how you've justified that thank you for saving me from myself there i really appreciate it what i want to watch is the g is a bitch tv show yeah is when actually we go through g's life when actually she says all the things that she wishes you should have said at the time and see what happens. What with like a narration over yeah. it, like a reality show where you're kind of going yeah. through life thinking, oh, that'd be amazing. Where you're like, oh, you're an asshole. And you could also do it like an adventure book. Should G choose this path? Should she choose this path? You know, every time, go the bitch way, go the bitch way. <laughs> I think people would really connect. I would love it. People would love it. I think people would be like, yes. Oh my, she's just like us. She wants to say horrible things. Yeah. I have absolutely no problem with this. No. I do this all the time. Um, I rehearse things. I relive things. I tell people how I feel about them to the mirror quite a lot. <laughs> I am I, an absolute coward. In some ways, I don't know if it makes me feel better or worse. But I still do it. So um, for me, this is good, bad, because I do it. Good. Look, if you don't do it, it means you're just saying it out loud. I think if you were like, I like to tell people what I actually think all the time. This is how to be a good human being. Yeah. So therefore it is good, bad. It's a funny thing. I think people have got confused with no filters on Instagram and no filters in life. Oh, yeah. One is good, one is bad. Exactly. Absolutely. Someone once said to me some really amazing advice, which I try to live by. I'm not always perfect at it, but it was a really good piece of advice. And it was... One, does this need to be said? Mm. Two, does this need to be said by me? And three, does this need to be said by me now? So true. And I was like, that is fucking brilliant. So I asked myself those questions a, a lot. And normally it's no. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? So if I, I'm not a very confrontational person, you know, I live in my own office. I, you know, I don't get that atmosphere. I don't like yeah. feeling yeah. like you're arguing with people. So I think I would always pull back and mm. kind of make the situation calmer. But then I also hate that having that responsibility of being that calm person. So it is that case of don't say it, keep a lid on it, let them get their stuff out and go, then go home and talk to myself. <laughs> Maybe if you did end up in an office every day, it wouldn't be the case. You just have to do it. Oh my God, yes. <gasps> Maybe yeah. this is why I don't work in an office, even exactly. from the stationary cupboard. Yeah, you know? it turns out the reason you're so lovely and nice is that you're being kept away from the office. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still excited to see everyone. If I was out there all the time, I don't have time for anyone. Well, 
Thank you so much for coming on. It's been lovely to do this with you. Matt has talked about you a lot with Tom, so it's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's been so much fun. I feel like I've learned stuff about myself. Yeah, I've learned so much more about you. (laughs) Do you feel like our friendship has deepened, Matt? Like, you know me a little bit better. I really, really do. I really do. Yeah, I feel like we have lots more to talk about. The things that we wish we'd have said. Offices, <laughs> office supplies. Yeah. We should start our own office and just swap stationery. We'll feel like we're raiding stationery cupboards. Oh my God, that's a great idea. Oh my God, we should start a business. Let's do it. Just us at the school gates trading pencils. Great, I'm in. We have something to do in our office. There we go. <laughs> Look, Matt, I'm so glad you went to school with her because I don't think there's any other way she would have come and done our filthy little podcast. No, no, no. So thank you very much for arranging that. Yeah, I've used up my Fletcher trump card now. I don't think I can pull in any more favours with them. We've had the double Fletchers as well, actually. We have, we have, we have. We used them up now. Shit. You know, we'll be getting into the lesser known members like Harry and stuff. So, you know, (laughs) it's all downhill from here. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please do head over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WNOW. If you want to get loads of extra stuff and tweet us, follow us on Instagram at WNOW podcast. And we hope you enjoy future episodes. Thank you. Peace out. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.